Father, we love you, real life. We are so glad to be back. We missed you last week. We missed you so much. Um, my wife and I are so incredibly thankful. We, we celebrated Thanksgiving, and we are so thankful for each and every one of you because you are family. Amen? Um, we've got a saying around here if you're new. Um, the first time you're a guest, and then every other time you come back, you are family. So we love you so much. God bless you. My name is Jonathan. I'm the student ministry pastor here, and I am so excited to preach God's word tonight. Y'all ready for the word of God tonight? Come on, y'all. Get excited. Jesus is the reason for the season. Hallelujah. Christmas makes me want to sing. Does it make y'all want to sing? I, I love Christmas lights, y'all. Christmas lights are my favorite. I wish it were socially acceptable to have them all year long. If it were, I would do it because I'm weird like that. I love Christmas lights. How many of you love Christmas lights? Woo! Thank you. I knew there was a reason I loved you guys. You're awesome. So it's hard to believe that it's already Christmas season. Y'all, anybody done shopping already because of Black Friday? No way, no way. Y'all are crazy if you are. Merry Christmas, first of all. Merry Christmas. Feliz, thank you. Feliz Navidad to, to any of our Hispanic friends. Or, um, I believe, here's what I believe, real life. Y'all ready? I believe this is going to be the best Christmas of our lives. Well, no, but I guess it's just, this is going to be the best Christmas of our lives, real life. This is going to be the best year. This year at Real Life, we want to focus on our gifts and our talents that God has placed in us. We want to discover, develop, and deploy those gifts. That's the whole point of fine arts. And for the next few weeks, like Pastor Juan said, we're going to be doing a Real Life Christmas Carol. And it's going to be awesome. Um, we're going to go through Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. And so tonight... Um, we're going to use some creative elements in every service to make our season special here at Real Life. And tonight, the first thing I want to share with everyone is history or the past helps define our present. And the decisions that we make in our present will determine our future. Do y'all see what I did right there? Christmas past present and future. So history helps us define our present. The decisions we make in our present will determine our future. Christmas past, present, future. Tonight, we're going to experience the joy, the excitement, the wonder of Christmas past. We call the past history, but history, the history that I'm going to talk about tonight is his story. I'm full of pun I'm punny tonight. Y'all feel me? It's his story, God's story. Are you ready for the, the word of God tonight? Praise the Lord. We welcome you to enjoy a retelling of one of the most miraculous and memorable stories of all time. It's a story where God broke almost 400 years of silence with humanity by bringing Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God with us. And this 
is the story of how our God came and changed absolutely everything. This is the real Christmas story. This is the story of good news. Jesus is the reason for the season, but the whole reason Jesus came was God was not satisfied with being distant from us. God was not satisfied with being distant, and he's not okay with it tonight either. He's not okay with it tonight either. He still desires a close relationship with you and with me, and so we're about to invite some incredible young men and women up to this stage, and this Christmas, we're going to share the Christmas story just like he did over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was born. God wants to break the silence this Christmas. God wants a real-life Christmas carol to be a real encounter with his presence tonight. So with no further ado, tonight I present to you Christmas Past. Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And this was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but their angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find him wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby there, lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them.
Come on, give it up. Give it up. Y'all can do better than that. We love you, Debo, Bailey, Miley. Aren't they awesome? They're beautiful people. We can learn a lot from our past. That, that was an incredible story, and it's something that many of us have heard every single year, but it's more than just a story. It's real. And our, our present worldview, we, we learn from our past, and our present worldview, how we see the world presently comes from our previous experiences. And, and a lot of people will read the Christmas story this season, and if we're not careful, we'll miss the meaning that it has for us today. If we're not careful, there's, there's personal implications and there's personal applications that we can make from this Christmas past. And Joseph and Mary, they, they were going to a town called Bethlehem and, and they were going to be counted for what's called a consensus. And Caesar Augustus demanded the census that, that everyone participate. And y'all, this was so annoying. This was so inconvenient. The, the timing was terrible because Mary was about to pop pregnant. Like, have y'all seen those women where they, they are just so huge and humongous? You're like, how in the world does that even happen, right? Um, y'all, my wife, she has had three beautiful babies. And um, I'm, t I'm talking three, three beautiful babies. We got Damien, we got Lucas, we got Sophia. I got a princess sandwich. It's pretty cool. Um, so I've got one to tell on Sophia and one to protect her. It's pretty awesome. Um, so she's, she's done for. And um, so Jubilee had our three beautiful babies. And so this means that Jubilee, my wife, on the front row, my hero, spent over two years of her life pregnant, y'all. Um, it's, it's actually closer to two and a half years of her life. That means for two and a half years, she had this weird, strange life growing in her belly. That just kind of freaks me out. I'm, it, it's one of the reasons I think God, I'm a man. Gentlemen, can I get a witness in the house? Y'all better be grateful. Because that meant over two and a half years of her life, she had an aching back. Over two and a half years of morning sickness, um, she... When I say she got big, she got real big, y'all. I'm just saying, she. whenever she, she got to the end of her pregnancy, she was, like, poking out so much that she kind of waddled like a duck. You know, it was like, oh, my gosh, look at how she walking. Like, <laughs> it was funny. She was so uncomfortable for over two years of her life. It was awful. And her little five-foot-two frame was stretched beyond human re It was like, how in the world... God, did you do that? That's ridiculous, and it's really cool. And uh, But she was thinking, Lord, deliver me from this the whole time. And I learned as a father of three beautiful children that the tail end of a pregnancy is no time to take a pregnant woman on a road trip. It is no time to travel for a pregnant woman. And Joseph, he was in the doghouse, y'all. He was in this difficult spot in the first place for making Mary travel. But on top of the pregnancy, they got to Bethlehem, and this knucklehead forgot to rent a hotel. He, they got to Bethlehem, and there was nowhere for them to stay. So Christmas past should, ha how do we apply this to our lives? Christmas past should help us to realize that the world around us will always make life difficult and impossible to deal with without God. The world around us is always going to make life difficult for us. Today, not a lot of things are different. 
You have to do things that the government requires you to do that you may not like doing, also known as school. Can I get a witness? Um, and most people don't enjoy school. The fact is, all of us, even though we have to do things we, we're not happy about doing, we all face difficulties. Like, for example, maybe many, some of us in this room are actually living in broken homes and have very little family support. The, your support system is very s small, if anything. And, and uh, many of us are living in that situation because divorce is hard. It, it hurts. It, it debilitates us, and it, it causes us to have struggles that we never asked for. Many of us in this room have financial struggles. And, and you know, you see many of your friends getting some things maybe for this Christmas that you wish you could have, but you know your parents can't afford it. You're praying for a, a better job for your mom and dad. Um, some of us in this room have health issues. Like, um, I pray on a regular basis for many of you in this room who struggle with diabetes. There's people in this room who have epileptic situations where, where they have to take medicine to, to hold back seizures. There's people in this room that I've prayed with in these altars and I continue to pray for on a regular basis that deal with severe back pain. And, and physical problems. And many of us in this room have relationship problems because people can be nasty. Can I get a witness? You can do everything right and do nothing to hurt somebody and they'll still hate you for no good reason. And life can be difficult. It's a struggle sometimes. And what I'm trying to convey to you guys tonight through the, the story of Christmas past, this Christmas, many of this room feel a constant attack. And I, I can just imagine that Joseph and Mary, man, Mary was like thinking to herself, God, you just impregnated me. And, and this is weird because I'm already getting all these nasty eyes from all my friends, right? You know, ooh, she pregnant, right? Joseph's supposed to marry her. Obviously, he marrying her because he got her pregnant, right? Yeah, and she's getting those nasty eyes, and she's already feeling like she's under attack. And now she has to get on a donkey, and drive, not drive, but ride on a donkey to Bethlehem. Her, hu her husband-to-be is like, baby, I got this, this donkey for you to ride on. And, and we're going to Bethlehem because we got to do something that, that Quirinius, whatever his name is, told me to do. And, and, um, and yet, I forgot to get the room, babe. You know, and it's like all these things, she's constantly under attack. And many of us in this room feel that way. And some of us, I believe tonight, feel incapable of leading a good life. And we feel inadequate to be in a relationship with God because of the mistakes that we've made or the character issues that are in our hearts right now. And I'm here with good news tonight. If, if any of those descriptions are you tonight, you feel like all hell is trying to prevent you from enjoying life to the fullest. Man, if that's you tonight... Man, the, the good news of Christmas past is even when we try and shut God out of our lives, Jesus finds a way to be close to us. Even when we try to shut him out, man, the, the, I don't know who the guy was at the end that was like, uh, we ain't got no room for you, even though we had Mary who's like waddling around with her baby about to pop out. I don't know who that guy was, but whoever he was, man, he, the Lord's going to deal with him in a special way, I believe. Um, but even though... The world may try to stop us and shut Jesus out. Jesus will always find a way to be close to us. Amen. Aren't you glad for that, that Jesus always tries to come after us even when we try to keep him at a distance? 
I'm so grateful for that. There was no room at the end for Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. There was no consideration of their needs. The world did not seem to care about the condition they were in. And just so you know, this world does not care about the condition you're in either. This world is not your friend. This world does not care about your future. This world will only take care of its own needs and then leave you behind as soon as it's done with you. It's the same. This Christmas season, I want to encourage everyone who may be not happy about the way life is right now in the moment. If nothing is going your way and everything seems to be a fight for you right now. If you seem like every time you take two steps forward, you're taking three steps back. Man, if that's you, please let me... Let me, let me just encourage you that the adversity that you're facing should help you realize how much you need Jesus to be with you this Christmas. Man, if you're going through it, man, don't push Jesus out. Draw him in because you need him this season. Many times we say our lives have no room for God, but this Christmas God wants us to realize that we can try to keep God out, but that won't stop him. God will make a way into our lives even when there seems to be no way. Man, if we try to push him out, he's going to keep knocking on the door. He's going to keep tugging at your heart. Man, that feeling where, where you're trying to do something that brings temporary pleasure, it's called sin, right? And you're trying to do that thing that, that's going to give you some relief from the stress and the pressure. Man, that feeling where it's like, oh, my God, what am I doing? That, that sense of remorse, that is what's called the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And it's never going to stop because God loves you too much to let you go to hell. He loves you too much, real life. There was no room in the, the end, but guess what? Jesus still came in the story. And, and history repeats itself, right? We make no room for him in our lives, but guess what? Jesus is still going to come this Christmas to our lives. Amen? We may not make room for God like we should, but he is still consistently chasing us with his love. And that reminds me, the Christmas story, this may sound weird, but the story reminds me of Romans where it says very clearly, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I translate that, while we were pushing God out, he still made a way. He did the miraculous no matter what. So Jesus was born, and, and the story of Christmas past shifts to this new group of people. And it's the shepherds that, that they're doing their job taking care of their flocks. And uh, the next thing they know, an angel of the Lord appears to them, right? That's how the story goes. And in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 9, it says that the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Just imagine what that would be like for a second. There's been 400 years of silence between man and God, and all of a sudden this angel comes, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and the scripture says they were terrified. I imagine if an angel showed up when I'm doing my job, I would be terrified too. Uh, am I the only one? Y'all be scared if some Gabriel just shows up behind me and starts saying, uh, thus saith the Lord. Man, I would jump off this stage in a minute right? Terrified. After 400 years of silence, God begins to speak through angelic beings, and, and these guys were in a context where their father, just try to understand this, because we've only been in America for just a little, not, not even 400 years, and this means these gentlemen, these shepherds, their father had never heard from God. Their father's father had never heard from God. 
Their father's father's father had never heard from God. For generations, God had been silent. And, and then now the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. No wonder why they were afraid. But just like God did on the first Christmas with those shepherds, God wants to break the silence between us this Christmas. God wants to break through the silence in our personal lives. Man, some of us are in this room, and you haven't heard from God. You haven't felt the presence of God in a while. I'm believing this Christmas that's going to change, just like the story of Christmas past. God wants to break the silence in our life, in your relationship with him. He wants to speak to you in a meaningful way, real life. If it's been a long time since you've heard the voice of God speak to you, or if it's been a long time since you've felt his presence, I'm believing this is the season where God's going to break that silence for you. In Jesus' name. The story says they were terrified, and sometimes what God will call you to do, this is how we can relate with the story. Sometimes when God calls you and I to do something, sometimes when he calls us to move in a certain direction, man, it can be terrifying, y'all. Man, some, some of us have had that experience where God has, has, maybe it's been a message, maybe I've been, been preaching and the Lord has been tugging on your heart and the altar call comes and the whole service, you're sitting there thinking, God wants me to go forward, God wants me to go pray. But everything in you is like, there ain't no way I'm going to go anywhere because I am scared to death, right? Y'all feel that. Sometimes the presence of God will cause you, because of his glory, to feel a, a sense of fear, but this Christmas, I believe with all of my heart, God wants us to understand that fear was never God's intention. Jesus came to restore relationship between us and our holy God. He never came to make us afraid. The shepherds were afraid, but get this, the angel of the Lord immediately said, guys, don't be afraid. I've got good news that's supposed to bring great joy to this world. I'm going to invite the band to come. Christmas past should teach us not to be afraid when God wants us to do something good in our lives. We shouldn't be afraid when God calls us to a next level in him, to, to do something. Maybe it's to, to break off an a inappropriate or unhealthy relationship. Man, that is something hard because, man, you don't want to go through life alone, and it causes us to be afraid, right? Or there's a habit in your life, and it's, it's something you wish you could keep but you know God is calling you to break it out of your life. The fact that he started the restoration process with shepherds is so encouraging. Shepherds were, were probably the last expected people on the face of the planet that you would think God would reveal himself incarnate to. See, God broke the silence with the unqualified. God broke the silence with the unqualified. You would think that if God wanted to let the world know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was coming, that he would, he would possibly use royalty or someone with major influence to spread the word, but he used a bunch of podunk shepherds on a hill. So he used the unqualified. And, and God broke the silence with the most needy. Shepherds were not rich by any means. They were po. They, they were broke. They were not wealthy. It was the, he broke the silence with the most unlikely, the most unexpected, and arguably the most desperate. And he broke God broke the silence with the most unworthy people, because shepherds did not have influence in their culture. The cool part about the story of Christmas past that I'm describing is that I just described all of us. 
I just described you and me. We are the most unqualified, most needy, most unlikely, most unexpected. And if, if we're honest with ourselves, we're the most desperate and unworthy people. And yet, just like the story of Christmas past, God chooses to reveal himself to you and to me. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for that. I'm so glad that he chooses to be Emmanuel, God with us. Our Christmas past helps us understand that God was no longer willing to be separate from his creation. He loved this world so much that he gave his only son to live, to die on a cross, and to raise again so the sins of the world could be forgiven. Mary had Jesus in a manger because the world wanted to make it as difficult as possible. But God didn't let that stop his plan. The wise men were given instruction by an angel to go and see the world's Messiah wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And they went and found exactly what the angel said because God is true to his word, real life. He's true to his word. And they went and found exactly what the angel had said and what I hope all of us can walk away with tonight from the Christmas past is this powerful truth. God came after us to call us to go after him. God came through the power of the Holy Spirit and Mary gave birth and the angel of the Lord proclaimed it to the shepherds and said, hey, guess what? God is here. He's with us. So go and chase after him. I want to invite you to stand to your feet. so grateful for the, the power of God and the power of his word and the love of God that is relentlessly chasing after us. So I want to invite you to bow your hearts and bow your heads. No one talking, no one being a distraction in this moment. Man, if you're tonight, you're here tonight and, and you'd say to me, Pastor Jonathan, man, there has been silence between me and God. It's been a long time since I've ever prayed to him. It's been a long time since I've ever heard his voice. It's been a long time and, and there's distance between myself. I've allowed the things of this world. I've allowed the struggle. I've allowed the pressure. I've allowed all the obstacles that have tried to put themselves in between me and him. I've allowed those things to prevent me from having a real relationship with him. And I just sense that God wants to break the silence with you tonight. I promise you, if you feel unworthy, if you feel unloved, if you feel unqualified, that's the whole point that Jesus came. He came to set you free from your disqualified sin. He came to set you free from the, the bondage of sin. He came to give you grace and a free gift of grace, not that's earned, but something that he paid for on Calvary's cross. So tonight, if you're in this room with every head bowed, every eye closed, and you'd say, Pastor, this Christmas, I want to make things right between me and Jesus. I want to see your hand right now. Just lift it up and hold it high. I want to pray with you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Don't miss this moment. He wants to forgive you tonight. He wants to set you free from any sin in your life. Thank you. God loves you so much. He came and faced every obstacle. He wasn't willing to be stopped and he's not willing to be stopped tonight. If you want to give him your heart, man, it doesn't matter how hard life is right now. He wants to set you free. Anyone else, don't miss this opportunity. Thank you, God.
All right, everybody, loudly and proudly pray after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you came this Christmas. I thank you that you came and you gave your life so that I could live. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking the punishment that I deserve. I'm sorry for everything that I've done to turn my back on you. So God, tonight, I ask that you would break the silence, that you would break the bondage, that you would break the power of sin that has been in my life. I give you my heart tonight, and I promise to serve you from this moment on. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God, real life. Come on, praise God. I want to invite all the leaders to come quickly to the front. One of the coolest parts about Christmas is it's a time for the miraculous. And so tonight, what we want to do, man, if you respond to a, a time of prayer like this, it's not an admission that there's something wrong in your life. Basically, all it is is saying, God, I want you to do something powerful in my life and for my life. So this Christmas, I believe there's the miraculous God wants to do the miraculous this Christmas season in our hearts and in our lives. So if there is anything that you need God to show up and show out in your life about, man, maybe there's a struggle, maybe there's a problem in your life that is trying to keep you back. Man, we want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. And we believe that God is going to do something significant when we respond. So I'm going to pray and we'll open these altars up. God, I thank you for all that you're about to do in this room tonight. God, I thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. I thank you that the power of God came in the form of a man in Jesus. And that man came and lived a perfect life so that we could receive your power. And so, God, I pray that if there's any needs, if there's any problems, if there's any struggles, God, I pray that we would bring those needs to you tonight. You came to call us to chase after you. And so, God, tonight we're going to do just that in these altars. So have your way in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shouted, amen. God bless you as you come.